Welcome to the Ask for Forgiveness, Not Permission podcast, where we explore how to live life for yourself and worry about the consequences and what other people think later, or actually not at all. That is truly the definition of ask for forgiveness, not permission. And that is my life motto, because I'm going to do it, whatever it is that I want to do, whatever it is that's best for me. And I'm not going to ask anyone's permissions first. And if it pisses you off or if it backfires, maybe I'll ask for your forgiveness. But more often than not, I won't do that either. And you want to know why? Because when you follow your intuition and you do what's best for you, when you choose yourself, it always works out for the better in the end. Regardless of whatever someone may have originally told you not to do or tried to stop you from doing. No one knows what's best for you but you. So tune in for stories about my experiences, putting myself first, choosing me over everyone else. I'll break down what I did, how I did it, and why. And hopefully this podcast will inspire you to always put yourself first, regardless of what other people think or want you to do. If you have an idea, just do it. Go for it and ask for forgiveness, not permission. Episode one. Why break up with someone you love? The title of this podcast is so fitting for this first episode because I'm definitely not asking my ex for permission to talk about our relationship before I record and release this episode. I'm just going to do it and deal with the concepts later. And hopefully they will be minimal because I'm taking the time to be thoughtful with my words and my storytelling so that I'm not bashing him or talking negatively about him because he's a great guy and I still love him and I wouldn't want to intentionally hurt him any more than I already have by breaking up with him. But I've got to share my side of the story and I know y'all want the tea. So here it goes. (sighs) We broke up on November 10th. Shocker. I know some of you are surprised and some of you are not. To give you all some background and for anyone who's new here or anyone that didn't know, from the end of January 2023 until the beginning of November, I was in my first committed relationship with a man, or should I say guy, who is six years younger than me. I'm officially 33 as of today, December 6th, and he is 27, but was 26 for our entire relationship, and I was 32. You know, I'm not really a cougar because I was under the age of 40. Technically, they call that a puma. So I was the puma in our relationship. But ultimately, the age difference got to be too much for me. Our age difference and his lack of maturity started coming out in so many different ways. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. But what I do know is that I had to choose myself choose my future, my dreams, and my goals over being in love with a guy who is just not in the same phase of life as I am. Because all of those things that I want, like marriage and buying property, would have definitely been put on hold if I had stayed with him. I could not let that happen. I had to choose myself. So first, I'm going to tell you how I got hooked by such a younger man. So you know what to look for. At the beginning, he did everything right. And I had no complaints. And then I'm going to tell you why I walked away. I still have love for him. Ending this relationship was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Driving to our breakup location, pro tip, if you have to break up with someone, do it in a public place. On my way to our breakup, I had this same feeling of dread 
that I had as we drove to my brother's funeral. A pit in your stomach, feeling of nauseousness, dry mouth, heart racing, panic. Something that I so did not want to do, but knew I had to do. But walking away, I had the same feeling that I had after my abortion. Relief. (sighs) A weight lifted off of my shoulders. It was done and there was no turning back now. Even though five minutes into my car while I was driving away, my heart literally screamed out for him. And I considered turning around and calling the whole thing off. And maybe I would have if it weren't for the great advice that my best friend Kate gave me as I was on my way there. She said, after it happens, you're going to think about it and you're going to want to reach out to him. You're going to think about how you miss him, but don't do it because you know you're making the right choice. And she was right. I had to listen to my gut and not my heart. My heart literally hurt as I sat across from him, ending the relationship. But I still knew it was right. My relationship started out with him pursuing me more fiercely and more intentionally than any other man had ever done that I was also actually interested in. (laughs) We all know that no one pursues you harder than a man you're not actually interested in. A man that doesn't actually have a chance. (laughs) But that was not the case with him. He did have a chance from the minute we started making flirty eye contact with each other from across the room at the singles event where we met. And then he approached me just before I had told myself, if no one approaches me in the next five minutes, I am out of here. But he did approach me. We will do a whole episode on approaching versus being approached later. But for now, back to my breakup and our love story. From the moment we had our first conversation, my intuition just kept telling me, give this guy a chance. He was sweet and he wouldn't stop staring at my lips. I could tell how much he wanted to kiss me, but I was not about to let that happen on the first day that we met. No way. (laughs) I purposely wore heels to this event so that no short guys would hit on me. And then he approached me and he was like six, four jackpot. (sighs) In our first conversation, I told him no about three times, yet he persisted. This man was not taking no for an answer. First, I was like, oof, no Scorpios. My first heartbreak ever was from a Scorpio man, but he was a narcissist that love bombed me. We'll save that story for another episode too, but that was a huge trigger for me. And it's an even bigger one now because look how that turned out. Too much water for my Sagittarian fire. Then he told me he was 26 and I was like, oof, I don't date younger guys. Now I asked him, how old do you think I am? And he said, uh, 27. And I said, so you figured I was older than you, but you still came over here to approach me. And he was like, well, yeah. And I was like, Hmm, that confidence just gained you a couple more points. So I gave him a chance. Persistence is key. Ladies, that is something that you should make sure that any man who is pursuing you is exuding. And then he made me feel safe. Since we were hitting it off and the conversation was flowing easily, I suggested that we go next door to the gaslight for karaoke. When we went to sign up for our karaoke song, there was this other guy there that would not leave me alone. He was literally like touching me and grabbing my arm. If y'all know the gaslight, you know that when it's packed in there, you can't even move. So there really wasn't anywhere for me to escape to. But in that moment, he handled it so well. He moved himself in between me and the guy and he put his hand on the small of my back in the safe zone, not in the creep, a little too close to your butt zone. 
and he pulled me into him and away from that other guy. And it was so comforting and reassuring. And I remember feeling so safe in that moment. Think about it, fellas. What would you do if some dude starts hitting on a chick that you're connecting with right in front of you when you just met her? (laughs) He passed that with flying colors. So I gave him a chance. We went outside to get high and he kept saying, we could go smoke this into my car. And I was thinking, if he thinks I'm getting into the car with him on the first night that we met, he's crazy. I don't even know him. So then he took my number and he walked me to my car. The next day he texted me and I didn't text him back for an entire day. I was actually getting ready to go out on a date with this other guy that I had met on Raya. (laughs) That guy kept casually dropping into the conversation the fact that all of his friends were getting married and engaged and basically screaming the fact that he was ready. But that guy also spit when he talked and he took me to break room 86, which was just so unimpressive. So I gave the 26 year old a chance. And the next day I text him back. He immediately asked me on a date And then he planned a date that perfectly fit my interests and what I wanted in that moment. He offered to pick me up from my house and I accepted because at this point we had already met in person and been texting for a week. And the restaurant was down the street from where I live. So in case I needed to bail, that would have been easy enough. (laughs) When he arrived to my house, he got out of the car to open the door for me. At the beginning, he always got the door for me and I loved that. And at the end of the date, we walked around and he did the cutest thing. I was freezing. It was January in LA and it was nighttime. So I was kind of cold. And he said, are your hands cold? And I said, yes, I'm freezing. And then he stuck his hand out and said, mine too, so that we could hold hands and warm each other's hands up. I thought that was so cute. Then he pulled a sneak attack for our first kiss. He once again opened the car door for me, but this time He was standing in the doorway. So as I went to get in the car, he planted a kiss on me and I did not see it coming. In the moment, I wasn't sure whether to be annoyed or pleased. But when I thought about it, I guess that was pretty smooth. A man who wants to kiss you has a plan on how he's going to kiss you and he will execute it. So I thought that was so sweet. He literally did everything right on our first date. And he told me, what his plans were for our second date. And I was like, okay, so this guy thinks he's getting a second date. Let me give him a chance. And I really thought this guy must have a plan. Little did I know that his plan did not extend past getting me. Before we were exclusive, we were official. (laughs) On my last night as a single woman, I was hosting a party for Super Bowl Sunday at third base in Hollywood. At the end of the event, I was helping the girls talk to the men at the bar, approaching them, making eye contact, striking up conversations, and flirting. And then this one guy called me out. That's how I knew I was done. He goes, what's up with you? You're not single. And I was like, what? I am single. And he goes, no, you're not single. I can tell. And I was like, you damn men, you literally can smell it on us. Ladies, (laughs) men have their pheromones, and they can sense it when you're single. We have our women's intuition, and they have that. So I just laughed it off, and I immediately texted my ex, and I invited him over that night, and that was the first night that we had sex. I already knew I liked him, and clearly my energy had shifted. I was no longer a single girly. 
I was officially a relationship girly. Now I'm a big believer in no sex without commitment when you want a serious relationship. So we had previously had the conversation about exclusivity. We had that talk after our second date, actually, because of course, after the second date, he was ready to get more physical. But I had to pump the brakes on that one. Ladies, don't let these men rush you into sex. Dudes will always try you. Don't be surprised. But don't get me wrong. I'm not condemning one night stands or casual hookups. Trust me. I had my hoe phase in my 20s when I first moved out of my mom's house, and it was fun. <laughs> Having that was actually what led me to know that I was ready for something more serious when I got into my 30s. When it comes to readiness for sex, stand your ground and don't do it until you feel comfortable. I knew he was in love with me by the way that he cuddled me after sex the first time that he ejaculated. If their post-nut clarity tells them to cuddle you, they're yours. They're in love. You have them. If it tells them to run as far away from you as quickly as they possibly can, that is something that you should really take note of and you should probably do the same. They're not really into you and they're just using you for sex. Two nights later, he took me on my first ever Valentine's Day date, which was also planned before our sexy time. That is really what sealed the deal. He showed up to my house with flowers and chocolate and we had sex before dinner. He took me to a great restaurant and then to another bar after. And then we went back to my place. It was quite the fairy tale of a Valentine's Day evening. And the next day, I officially said yes to being his girlfriend. And honestly, I lived on the high of that fairy tale for the first three months of our relationship until the first time he asked me to start splitting it. That was the first crack in our foundation. And the first time that I thought, oh shit, this guy is not ready for the level of commitment that I am ready for. He killed a little part of that relationship fairy tale for me in that moment. And I don't even think he realized that he did that. So sad. Men, if you're listening to this, when you meet your dream girl, don't ask her to pay for anything, especially if she's six years older than you. I seriously never looked at him the same way again after that. I then started looking at him through a lens of, are you a child who thinks it's okay to ask your girlfriend of only three months to start splitting the check at dinner? When we first got together, I asked him, okay, obviously you've been courting me since we started dating, but now we are official. How do you want to do this? How are we doing this? And he said, don't worry, I got us for a while. Apparently, a while was only three months. To me, a while would have been like two years until we're moving into a next level of commitment. When you're thinking about serious, more serious things like marriage, sure, you can talk about things like splitting the bills. But after three months and we were just dating, he wants me to start splitting the check at dinner? No. Sidebar, that's not okay. Like our honeymoon phase was officially over. Now, if we offer, that's one thing, but don't ask the woman to pay if you really like her. And ladies, don't be reaching for the fucking check. Let's not play that back and forth game with each other. He's paying. That's it. And down the line, that issue was ultimately one of the things that broke us up. He told me I was his perfect woman. I told him that my perfect man does not ask me to come out of my pocket ever, which just wasn't the case with him. I was always paying for things and he gladly let me. There's some men who are not comfortable with their woman 
having to pay for anything in their presence. That's the kind of man that's for me. Now, y'all, you know I'm an influencer, and you also know I'm the sparkle queen. So throughout our entire relationship, which was only nine months, I took us on two trips through my sparkle bar business. The first was Coachella, and that was in our first three-month honeymoon phase. And honestly, that might have been the trip that changed it all. I was in my masculine energy on that trip, and I think I stayed in the role of the masculine energy for the rest of our relationship. Because he wasn't actually leading. I would just move out of the way to let him lead. But he wasn't just doing it naturally. Guys, that was just a little too much togetherness time for my Sagittarius self. Our next trip that Sparkle Bar took us on was to Wyoming for a wedding that I was booked for. We got a full all-expense-paid vacation on my dime. All he had to do was pay for his flight. But he also drove me around that whole weekend and created some super amazing content for me, which was so valuable. You guys, I got an Instagram boyfriend. I was so lucky. My content was so much better. But even that wasn't enough to keep me in the relationship with him. But it is one of the things that I miss the most about him. My content. Hmm. Now, the fact that he still wasn't just paying for everything without me ever having to come out of pocket when I was getting us all of these fabulous trips and invited to all these amazing influencer events with open bar and free food every week when we were in LA still blows my mind. I honestly just felt that because of the way I was contributing as much as I was contributing, that anytime he did actually need to pay for anything, he should have just done it gladly. But he still kept asking me to pay for things like Ubers, tipping the bartenders, lunches. Anytime I made a meal for us at my house, that was always all on me. And he would never even bring anything unless I asked him. He just wouldn't take the initiative to do that on his own. The amount of times he came to my house and asked me if I wanted to smoke and I would say, sure, did you bring any weed? And he would say no. And my face would just drop. And I'm like, how are you showing up to my place empty handed and then asking me to smoke my weed when you're the man and your line should always just be, yeah, babe, I got it. But too often than not, it wasn't. And it began to be a turnoff. Now, don't get me wrong. It wasn't all about the money. That was only part of the reason we broke up. The other part was the fact that he thought the next step in our relationship was us living together. On that topic, we strongly disagreed. I did not think that he was mature enough to live with me. He would sleep over at my house and he would always leave little messes around that I would never end up having to clean up after him. Whatever cup or can he was drinking out of was always left on his side of the bed in the morning. I would cook meals for us at least one to three times a week throughout our entire relationship, and he didn't lift a finger to wash a dish until we were six months into our relationship after we got in a fight because we were about to go somewhere to see the Barbie movie, actually. And I had to make our entire dinner. I went to get in the shower, and I literally thought to myself, I heard him rinsing a plate, and I thought... It would be so amazing if he just washed all the dishes in the sink right now. But in my head, I knew that the odds of him doing that were slim. And then for him to be rushing me and not realize that if he would have just washed the dishes for me after I just made us this entire meal and had worked that day, we could have gotten out of the house so much sooner. But men think differently than women. So after I talked to him about that, I let that one go. And he attempted to help me 
from that point on. Washing pots and pans, but still leaving them greasy, which really isn't helpful because I just ended up having to wash them again. But I told him that I needed him to do more than just rinse his plate. And I told him that I couldn't keep patting him on the back for doing the bare minimum anymore. So after that, he helped me maybe 50% of the time. So move in together? Why would I do that when he doesn't even help me? I'd be taking in a person who I would be constantly cleaning up after and who snores and who was not trying to pay all of my bills. If you're paying all the bills, you don't have to clean. You don't have to help. I got it. I would love to show my appreciation by cleaning up if you're paying all the bills. But if you're not, because you're saying you want more of a partner, then you also have to be a partner in all aspects of the relationship, not just financially. I asked him, think about it. How would I, the Sparkle Queen, benefit from us living together? I already pay all of my own bills. What would I actually get from us living together? He kept saying that he was looking for a partner, but clearly to him, a partner meant splitting the bills 50-50, but I still do all of the work around the house. And that just doesn't work for me. I told him three months into our relationship when he asked me to start splitting it that I was not a 50-50 woman, but I guess he didn't really get what I meant by that until now, until it's too late. I also told him at our four month mark after one of his older friends told him that he should marry me that I knew he wasn't ready for marriage, but I am and I'm not going to sit in this relationship with you for a year just to see where it goes. So at our nine month mark when he still couldn't articulate a plan for his life and how he saw me fitting into it other than us living together with no intention of marriage which is so not what I want. I have no plans of living with a partner unless that is the man I am going to marry. And due to all of the things that I just told y'all after nine months, I couldn't say that that person was him. So I had to walk away and choose myself. It was hard. Trust me, it was hard. That first weekend, I cried every day. Shout out to my girls who took me out all weekend and got me drunk to take my mind off of it. I don't know what I would have done out without all of y'all. And shout out to my ex because you were a great first boyfriend. But moving into the future, we were no longer in alignment. Thank you for listening to the Ask for Forgiveness, Not Permission podcast. Stay tuned for more stories 